Hey, welcome back to A View from the Couch. My name is Rich. And I'm Jen. And we are here to talk about Jordan Peele's latest movie, right, Jen? Nope. Right. Nope, right? <laughs> nope, right? Nope. Yeah, nope. We're talking about nope, <laughs> guys. This is Jordan Peele's third movie that he's directed, but like he's he's been involved in lots of other things. We've seen all of his other movies, right? We've seen Us. We've seen... Get Out. Get Out. I We've seen Candyman, which isn't... He was originally supposed to direct Candyman, but he ended up not doing it. He ended up executive producing it. He had a, he had a lot of effect on the film, obviously. But yeah, it was it was definitely a Jordan Peele, at least Jordan Peele adjacent film. So we've seen all of his movies. How do you feel about Jordan Peele at this point? I think he's talented. I like his movies. I don't always get all the movies on first watching sometimes i have to watch it a couple times to kind of process it a little bit sure and understand what's going on but they're original they're new ideas it's creative storytelling i think he's talented i'd have to 100 percent agree with you there i would call myself a jordan peele fan Mm -hmm. he's one of those names that's going to get my ass in a seat it's like spielberg or you know, Kubrick or something like that. If there's like a reissue of a Kubrick film or something along those lines, my butt will try to be in that seat. I see a Jordan Peele movie, I will naturally gravitate towards it. So, yeah. Uh, actually, last year when this was first like teased, you were immediately like, Jordan Peele, I'm in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no yeah. idea what it's about, but we're in. <laughs> I don't need to know what it's about. I'm, I'm there. I'm there. I'll find out what it's about, right? Yep. <laughs> So why don't you tell us who is in the movie? And we know who directed it, obviously. All right. This movie stars Daniel Kaluuya as O.J. Haywood, Kiki Palmer as Emerald Haywood, Brandon Perea as Angel Torres, Stephen Young as Ricky Park, and Michael Wincott as Antlers Holst. I love that that guy's name is Antlers. <laughs> that's great. Michael Wincott is one of those actors that's just kind of around all the time. He's got this great deep voice. I remember him from The Crow, the original Crow movie with Brandon Lee. He played a bad guy in that. That's where I know him from. But Okay. I I was going to say he kind of looks familiar, but I couldn't place him at all. So I wasn't really sure that I'd really connected with him as an actor anywhere. So Oh, I... <laughs> I couldn't recognize him physically. The only thing I can recognize about him is his voice. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. As soon as I... Like, I didn't realize who he was in the movie. I didn't, like, recognize the character when I saw him on screen at first. But when he started talking, I was like, oh, there he is. There's the guy. (laughs) So, okay. So, why don't we get into it? The movie does jump back and forth in time a little bit. So, we're going to do kind of like what we did with the Crawdads. We're going to kind of streamline it and tell it in a more chronological order. So the movie opens with a soundstage for a TV show. And a bloody chimp walks in and sits down and tears off a party hat and kind of looks at the camera and then it cuts. But later on when they flash back, we realize or we find out that this is the animal actor for a TV show, the sitcom Gordy's Home, which starred a a young man named Ricky Park, who will later come into play with the Haywoods. 
but and I and I'm not sure I'm not sure 100 why this is part of this. I don't I don't understand. I wh- have a thought on that. Okay, actually, and it's not originally mine, but I kind of doing some research and stuff on this movie. I it makes sense to me, but. You have this character in Ricky Park who is involved in this incident before, and it's kind of a whole, you can't tame a wild animal, because he Mm. later is trying to tame this alien figure and make him part of a show again. Oh, that's interesting. I never, I didn't put those two together. That's good. I like that. So I think it's tying into there with this character trying to tame this wild animal even though it wasn't him with the chimp but he was involved with that situation right well i mean he was kind of the lead actor on the show so and what i kind of also liked about that chimpanzee part was this is a horror movie and Mm -hmm. that really was a horrific thing to watch i mean that was very violent yeah it was scary you've got a child there you knew he was gonna be okay because you knew that that was ricky parks and he and he's later okay but it was really interesting there because i feel like in this movie there's really only a couple scenes that fall into the horror category and the rest of it is more kind of like a suspense thing to me Mm. but this was one of them this is very horrific this definitely falls into a horror category this scene here okay See, I looked at it as because he he's I feel like I feel like Ricky is addicted to the spotlight, you know? And he makes this like you think I think it, I, you know when we when we were watching the the movie when, because you, he's just like this ranch in the in the hills in Hollywood or in California. And where he like kind of does like this Western show type thing. But we don't find out till later that it's about taming this alien thing. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was like, hey, I'm addicted to being the center of attention because it's all about like him at that park. Yeah. There was an interview, I believe, with Jordan Peele that he was explaining how you can't tame a predator, but also that mankind will risk everything for a spectacle. Ah. And so you kind of have a couple things going on there with him in the theme park and then also with this alien thing. But then you also get that with the Haywoods and trying to catch it on video and, you know, make some money off this spectacle. So it's kind of double happening here with both groups of people. Okay. Yeah. I kind of figured that that's where they were going with with the Haywoods because... They they see something spooky in the sky and they're immediately like, we're going to catch this on film. We're going to make a million dollars. I mean, just like every other American would try and do. I don't know if, I mean, I can't speak for other countries, but America is very like money focused. And they would immediately try and become famous for something like this if they saw it in the sky. They wouldn't run from it. They'd run towards it to try and like, to try and exploit it for their own gain, you know? I could see some people doing that. I myself would not. (laughs) So every other American except for Jen, because I would. If I saw this, (laughs) I'd be like, hell yeah, let's get this on film. I mean, if you can maybe do it, like at first, they don't, I I don't think they realize how dangerous it is at first, and I think they think it's just a ship, and so they're trying to catch it on video. That part, 
I get. But yeah. as it keeps going, there'd be a part where I would literally nope on out of that thing. <laughs> so yeah, uh, there's a point where you'd stop. But some people, I think, would keep going because it's worth the risk to them to try and catch that and make right. some money on it. Yeah. Be- or even just be famous for catching something on video, you know? Well, and here's the thing. They lose their father to this thing early on. Mm-hmm. Like, the dad, who's played by Keith David, who, by the way, is one of my favorite character actors. That dude's amazing. He's in he's in a couple of my favorite John Carpenter movies. So they, they live in The Thing. He's in those movies, and I just love him in those movies. But anyway, Keith David's great. And I, I didn't recognize him. He's gotten so old that I didn't recognize him because I haven't seen him in anything just recently. But I recognized his voice as soon as he talked. It's just like that Michael Wincott situation. I recognized Keith David's voice. He's got a very distinctive voice. Yeah, he does. Anyway, so the dad, he plays their dad. He dies when something falls out of the sky and hits him in the eye. Turns out it's a nickel. And there's other stuff falling out of the sky, like keys and stuff like that, falling Mm -hmm. out of the sky and like embedding in fence posts and stuff. And that's the big mystery is what what the hell was that? They tell them that it was it was money dumped or it was uh, junk dumped out of a private airplane that was flying over. Mm-hmm. But the truth is it's this alien that's consuming, it consumes flesh and bone, but it can't consume non-organic material. And so it spits it out. Mm-hmm. So this thing had, must have grabbed someone and chewed it up and spat out the you know the leftovers and well, that's they, what killed them they did talk about at the very beginning you kind of hear i think it's in the background but you hear how tourists that are missing like a tourist that's missing or something like that right so yeah it's kind of the start to lay the groundwork that this thing's already been sucking people up here right right and i can't tell like I, do you know how long it is between when that happens and when oj Who's, oh, Otis Jr. is the Daniel Kaluuya character, and they call him OJ. It's about six months. It's six months? Okay. Yeah. I, I couldn't tell. Like, there's no... He didn't put a title card out for him. I'm not faulting him for that. It's not important how long later it is, but it's just I'm my curiosity, you know? Mm-hmm. I just want to know, so. So they take over, OJ takes over for the dad's business, which was training horses to be used on Hollywood sets. But... The money isn't coming in, I guess. And so he's been selling the horses to Ricky Jupe, <laughs> which, am I understanding this correctly? The The alien is eating the horses, and that's why he keeps selling these horses to them? Right. So he's selling the horses to them. He doesn't know that they're being eaten. Right. And that's why when he tells Ricky that I'm going to come buy these back, Ricky looks uncomfortable. Uh, like, okay. Yeah. I took it at first as he didn't really want to sell them back. Right. But no. later you find out he probably can't because he's feeding them to this <laughs> yeah, alien. <laughs> he's feeding them to the alien. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> Oops. And that's his, he's trying to tame them with tamed horses. That's interesting. I thought it was interesting, too, at the beginning... Was it Ghost? Was that the first horse that we see kind of go? I don't I don't remember the order that that happened. Anyways, the first one that goes in, I thought it was interesting that the horse ran towards the alien 
instead because he could have run the other way but he was running towards the alien and i thought that was interesting because usually animals will flee a predator i thought of an anglerfish which is a fish that has kind of a thing that like dangles in front of its face and it attracts other smaller fish to it Mm -hmm. and as they get closer it snatches them up Okay, so it's probably drawing them in somehow. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I want to talk about, while you brought this up, I want to talk about the form of the alien. Yeah. The whole beginning, it starts looking like a spaceship. But yeah, then like a flying you, saucer. Yeah. But, when you first, or, but when you first start seeing like the underbelly and stuff, I started thinking this thing looks more like a manta ray in mm. the ocean. And then as it starts moving later, I thought, okay, now it looks more like an octopus but it as it moves it felt to me like it was resembling different animals in the ocean mm. like you know jellyfish squid octopus oh sure. um and then there's one at the very end with like a knife ghost fish anyways i thought this was interesting that that's how they made this thing look it looked like it was a creature out of the ocean type of thing did, did you catch that all at all when you're watching it when i was watching it i kept thinking man these look like yeah. things out of the ocean yeah i thought jellyfish is what i was thinking okay which you know stings its prey and draws it in so i mean i, I didn't pick up on like other stuff but it felt like it felt very like maybe this is something like you ever see the movie the abyss john cameron flick no it it's about a creature that lives under the sea it's not like it's not like aliens from another planet. It's a, it's an alien on our own planet. This felt like something like that. Like maybe this thing had like escaped the water and was out like, you know, roaming around killing mm-hmm. things. That It also makes an interesting thought because Jordan Peele cites movies like King Kong, Jurassic Park, other monster films like that, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, yeah. Signs, as influence for this film partly because of the whole thought of the spectacle. Mm-hmm. But Jaws is also mentioned. In, That's amazing in because there. this is basically Jaws. And I thought, as soon as I heard Jaws, I'm like, okay, this... I don't know. I don't know if it was done on purpose, but I feel like what this thing looks like just makes sense, I guess, with all of that coming out now. Referring to my notes, the fourth note down is, it's like Jaws, but in the sky. <laughs> this whole, like, okay... Let, let's, we'll talk about how, we want to talk about the similarities a little bit more as we go along. But basically, Jaws opens with a few, like, you know, attacks by the shark and culminates with everybody, like, three guys getting together on, like, an adventure to go and get the shark. Two of the guys, well, one of the guys appears to die, Angel. One of the guys goes directly towards the shark to try and attack it because it's kind of like his white whale and he's kind of the Ahab, which would be antlers. And one of them blows it up. This is Jaws. This is Jaws. <laughs> which is fantastic because you don't realize it until the end. I didn't realize it until Michael Wincott's character, Antlers, went running towards it. He grabs the camera that he's using and he runs towards it to try and get this great shot. And it's like, oh my God, he's Quint. He's Quint. He's going after this fame and fortune of like being the guy that got the shot or being the guy that killed the shark. Mm-hmm. Bam, he's Quint. I love it. Jordan Peele did an amazing job of hiding it until the very end, but this is basically Jaws. Yep. 
yeah. makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. I was dying to talk about this after we watched this. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. She's going to think I hated it because... Because I'm gonna, because I'm gonna say this, but I, right as we were getting up, I was like, I can't wait to talk about Sky Jaws, and you just laughed. But that's what I was talking about. This is Jaws in the Sky. <laughs> so M, who doesn't live on the ranch anymore, but is trying to like make her way in the entertainment industry away from the Haywood Ranch, comes back and tries to cons- tries to convince OJ to sell the entire ranch to Ricky Jupe. But he won't do that. OJ sees this flying saucer after they have this discussion and he watches it like eat something and then there's and then all these bits are co- are falling from the sky and that's when we realize that this is what was dropping on his father. Six months ago, I guess. He tells M about it, and M has a new idea, which is to capture it on film and exploit it for money. Which, again, I would totally do that. I would totally do that. <laughs> I know you think I'm crazy, but I would be out there with a the camera being like, I'm going to be the guy that gets that shot. I'm going to be, I would be antlers. I'd be like, I'm getting that shot. So <laughs> let's up your life insurance policy before you do that. You want to up my life insurance? Ha ha. That's funny. So they go together to Fry's Electronics, which I guess used to be a thing? It did. It was an electronic shop, and apparently they were themed. Like, each one had different themes. There was, like, a UFO theme and different stuff like that. But in 2020, I believe it was, they did close down. So So it closed down after they produced this movie. That's hysterical. Yeah, so they are no longer a business. Okay, so it's not hysterical for the people that lost their jobs over it, but I just think it's completely ironic that, like, this is a thing in this movie. Like, they make a bit, like, they make a big point to point out that it's fries. Like, you see it I thought it was a made-up thing, but nope, it was an actual electronic business out in California, I believe. Yeah. See, I didn't, I I thought it was made up as well. (laughs) I thought it was supposed to look like, like, Circuit City or something like that, you know? Sure. Yeah. But no, yeah. So they go there and they buy a bunch of cameras and it's surveillance equipment. And Angel Torres, who is an employee at Fry's, offers to come set up the surveillance cameras for them. And he does. They uh, they try to get, you know, footage of the alien, but they're not able to because there's a praying mantis on one of the cameras and there's electrical interference on another one. But while they're trying to, while Angel is remotely trying to monitor what's going on, he notices that there's a cloud in the distance near the ranch that just doesn't move like Mm -hmm. at all. And he comes out and points it out to them and they figure out, or they think that that's where the UFO has been hiding. Now the alien made that cloud, right? Because it can, I believe it can spew so. out, it spews out steam and stuff like yeah. that. So I think that that's, I think that it has to have be the one that makes that cloud because it can't just make a cloud stop. I think no, that's too fanciful think that's, even for this movie. Yeah, I think that's just the animals like cloaking. Okay, cloaking. What do you call it? Okay. While this is all going on, they we kind of get a get a look in on Ricky Jupe, 
and see that see what he's really been up to, which is what we were talking about before. He's been feeding horses to this thing to try and tame it, and part as part of his like you know UFO themed show at his ranch. Which, interestingly enough, he's exploiting his own fame for the ranch, and now he's exploiting the alien for the money or the fame of being the guy that had tamed an alien. Mm-hmm. I, is Ricky just addicted to fame? I think so. That's that that's is? how I was reading that okay. character. Okay. Yeah. I think everybody in this movie, or not everybody, OJ is not. OJ is OJ is kind of like he's kind of like Brody in Jaws in that he just wants this thing gone. He just wants to be able to just live his life mm-hmm. and not and be, have it stop eating his horses. And have it stop eating his horses. Brody obviously wanted it to stop eating his tourists, but the Matt Hooper character, which could be which Angel and M, could both be considered the Matt Hooper character from Jaws. He wants it for like the fame and fortune of being the guy that like studied it, right? Mm-hmm. And then Antlers again wants to be the guy that captures it or kills it if it's Quint, but. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. So Ricky, yeah, Ricky is definitely addicted to that, though. So Ricky has a live show where he has a bunch of people show up, and he's going to show them what he's been doing, that he's been taming these this alien. He's also got one of his old co-stars from the monkey show, the chimp show, whose face has been chewed off. I knew that was going to happen. I just, I for some reason, I was like, she's going to come back. So one of those people is going to come back and they're not going to have a face. And when he says, my co-star, I was like, oh, God, they're going to show it. And they didn't show it, really. They just kind of hinted at it. They showed, like, the jaw. Yeah, like the split second of when the, like, she's wearing a veil and it blows up and you can kind of see the bottom of her face. Do you want to know something interesting about that? Kind of. In real life, yeah. there was a woman who was attacked by a chimpanzee. Oh, yeah, I know about that. And one. was mauled. Yeah. And she was on the Oprah show. And on the Oprah show, she actually revealed her face for the first time. And during that interview, she was wearing a hat identical to what was that character was wearing on there. And it was a very similar type. That you Like the start of the reveal with the lifting of the... And that's it. It it almost mirrored that. Oh so my that was kind of interesting. Oh my god, that is dark, and I love it. <laughs> that is dark as shit, and I love it. That's amazing. That's wow. Poor that poor woman, by the way, the I real person. I can't imagine like, that. Terrifying. That terrifying. is just terrifying. But and that's why you don't keep chimps as pets, they guys. Are wild animals. They, they will don't eat, belong in your home. Literally, will eat your face off. Like we're not even like it's not like. Hyperbole. They will eat your face off. Chew the whole thing right off. Back to Ricky. The alien swoops in, and we think it's going to take the horse, but it takes everybody else. It just sucks them all up and chews them up. And then this is where we kind of get to see what's going on, really, because like mm-hmm. we get like this inside-the-alien shot. I think this is where we see that this is a creature and not a ship. Right. Because previously... it. It, the animals were going up, right. so it still could have been like a beam me up thing. Like it was yeah, beaming the horse up, and then it was getting into the ship, and then whatever they're doing with it, who knows? Right, right. But this is where we see that this is a living creature, and that is 
basically eating them at this point. And these people are going through the digestive track or like the food track. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, yeah. I'm glad they didn't show too much, but they showed us just <laughs> enough to see that this is what was happening here. Just enough for me to go, oh, God. <laughs> oh, no, I don't want to do that. That doesn't sound good. They just <laughs> were eaten. Yeah, they were definitely eaten. After the alien eats everybody, it leaves the horse. The horse was in an enclosure. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's how we find out. That's how we kind of figure out as the audience, we figure out if you're if you're covered, it's not coming for you. That's the that's the visual storytelling of it, so that when we when OJ figures it out, we already know we're ahead of him. We get a kind of a flashback to a training sequence where the, where OJ is learning how to train a horse that was originally supposed to be trained by M. For some reason, the dad just decides, no, you're not going to train the horse. So I'm going to have OJ do it. Mm-hmm. But we get this flashback, and we get to see this training, and it you kind of get the idea that. OJ thinks that he can train the UFO to kind of come close enough for them to get the shot. During the attempt, though, the horse gets sucked up into the alien and it showers just a just a flood of blood onto the house. Like it's draining off of the roof. And now, this is the up. fake horse, right? The, it sucks up that fake plastic horse with that long. Oh, yeah, that's right. They bait it, right. They bait it with that. Right, so it sucks that up, but yes, the next scene that you're talking about is the next horror part that I thought was in this movie. Yes, yeah. Is the bloodbath on the house. Right, yeah, they just pour blood onto the house. That was creepy, being on the inside, and you're seeing the blood coming down the windows. It's a very haunted house. Yeah. Like, the Amityville horror, blood pouring out of the walls type of a thing. Yeah. Like and OJ's that. not in there. OJ's on the outside, right. kind of watching in a little bit. But he—I right. don't think he can really see what's happening because it's like really dark and yeah, hard to see what's happening. Because I don't know if it's storming also or if that creature's creating all of that creating stuff the happening. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But it was definitely—it definitely had a get out type of a not not Jordan Peele get out but more like an Amityville horror get out you know yeah. my, my walls are bleeding kind of a thing <laughs> right. to it. like the like almost like the creature giving them a warning like quit fucking with me yeah and let me eat you know like I don't know about you but like if I'm really hungry and people want to talk to me I'm like I don't want to talk shut up let's yeah. just eat I'm hungry yeah. you know I don't say that but that's in my head you know <laughs> this is the aliens way of telling people to shut the hell up and let me eat yeah yeah, yeah. So after the uh, after the bloodbath, <laughs> they decide that they need to help getting the shot. Mm-hmm. So they go to hire Antlers Holst to come out. He doesn't want to do it at first, but once he hears about what happens at what happened at Ricky Jupiter's place, he's like, "All right, I gotta I gotta see what's going on here." They, you know, that obviously they they the creature has like some sort of an effect on electronics it can kind of it can kind of interrupt like electrical impulses and stuff like that mm-hmm. so they tell Holst that and he brings a hand cranked camera to the farm to catch the footage which is great because like his job basically is to sit there and just run his hand <laughs> you know? like my that's... arm would be so tired I know right <laughs> What 
I loved it because it kind of calls back to like the beginning of film and how original film cameras were used, which there's a lot of there's a lot of film history at the beginning of this movie with the there is a there's a a, a very first like one of the very first images on film was actually an assembly of photographs to create a moving picture called the horse in motion and they they make mention of it they even i think they even show it isn't it in the credits at first like they have the the horse in motion i wrote it down in my notes so i think that that was like one of the first things that we see is this is the horse in motion film i guess we can call it film because it is but so we get that we get the the hand crank there's all kinds of film history in this and i kind of love it for that too but um but anyway, so while they're, they're they figure out a plan, they're going to use wacky waving arm inflatable tube man to show where the creature is in the sky because if it interrupts electrical impulses, it will shut down the wacky waving arm inflatable tube men, and they can figure out where it is before it shows up. I love this. This I was this really looked good. Looked so cool. Yeah, it it's a good. I mean, it's a clever idea. Besides it being just neat to look at that was that was cool Uh, also before we get too far in here too i just want to point out at some point in here and i don't remember where it's at oj gets this theory that if you make eye contact with the creature that that's when it's going to attack you versus if you don't look at it it won't attack you which that kind of makes me think okay is it attacking because of the eye contact and it being aggressive because that's how some animals are Mm -hmm. or is it actually just feeding and maybe it's a combination of the two, but you know, he puts the blinders on the horse now that he's going to be riding and he's told everybody don't look at it if it's near you. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool too. Interestingly enough, like it's not a major like revelation, but it plays so like majorly into the end, right? Mm-hmm. Because because when they go to lure him out or lure it lure it out there is a point where well we'll get to it I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to go to the end right away so let's just let's talk about this part mm-hmm. we'll get to that part so they use the tube men to figure out where it is and while they're doing this a TMZ reporter shows up which again here we have People obsessed with fame, right? These TMZ people are basically star fuckers. They're out there looking to gather as much information about famous people as they can so that they can kind of live as... They're kind of... Now, okay, we're going with the Jaws thing again. But they're kind of like the little fish, the little cleaner fish that like attach themselves to the bottoms of sharks and stuff like that. That's what they are. They also risk everything for the spectacle. That's true. That's true. That is true. But he's driving a motor he's driving an electric motorcycle, which I thought was interesting. I was curious if that cuz he had a helmet on that was like a mirror on there yeah. and I was like, okay, is this going to somehow interact with the alien creature, but it meant nothing other than it probably looked cool, I guess. It really? Didn't really there was do no anything. other meaning to it? I don't think so. I d- I couldn't tell while watching mm. it. I mean, did you pick up on anything? 
No, I was really expecting there to be something. I didn't realize it was a TMZ reporter at first. I mm-hmm. thought it was just somebody who maybe had some kind of... It felt to me like it was going to be this deus ex machina where like, oh, I've dealt with these things before and this reflective helmet is the only way to get them to like back off of you or right. whatever. Right, I thought it was going to mean something. But maybe it was they did it for the shot of... Um... OJ, wasn't there a shot where OJ was kind of watching it and then seeing the alien thing coming in behind? Yeah. So maybe it was just for the way the shot was and not really meaning anything. Okay, but it's Jordan Peele. There's got to be some meaning there. We just haven't uncovered it yet. It could be. Yeah, and maybe we've after... only seen this once. And right. so maybe, and I, this was one that I told you would have been nice if we had time to watch again because I feel like there's more that we haven't really picked up on yet on this. Right, yeah. And I'm sure once we've seen it a few more times, we'll figure it out. We'll unfold that mystery. But at this point, I don't know what that is intended to mean. It could also be like he's a reflection of themselves. Reflection, reflection of what they're doing. They're chasing the thing just like he's chasing them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it that could be it. But that's just a that's just a quick like from the hip kind of a <laughs> an analysis on my part but i don't know if that's true or not yeah. i know one thing when we inevitably get the the disc for this i am going to listen to the audio commentary if there is one or i'm going to watch any special features on it to figure out what in the hell some of this stuff means because i want to know if we're on the ball or if we are way the hell off <laughs> <laughs> so that tmz reporter his electric motorcycle fails because obviously the interference and he gets he gets eaten by the alien which they called jean jacket right they called it jean jacket because that was the horse that that M was supposed to train right. back in the day yep well jean jacket comes along and eats the TMZ guy and the TMZ guy as he's getting eaten he's begging OJ to film it for him he's yeah. like oh make sure you get this on camera i'm dying make sure you get it like oh my god this is <laughs> this is society as of today right we take pictures of everything why are we so like so obsessed with other people seeing us i don't know that's that's an interesting thing about this movie is that it is it's very reflective oh my god it is reflective it's reflective of what we are as a society and he's wearing a reflective helmet he's meant to reflect society we're obsessed with our image that could be i don't know maybe i don't know either i'm throwing shit out there see if it (laughs) sticks to a wall i guess but i like it so holst Holst is filming this, but he decides he's got to get a better shot of it. So he takes the camera and he runs to like the top of one of the like hills and films himself being eaten by the alien <laughs> in a very Quint fashion. He's he's obsessed. Quint stabs the shark a bunch while it's eating him. And and Holst is filming the alien as it's eating him. I mean, this is this is definitely Quint, and I I just <laughs> I love that Quint is one of my favorite cinematic characters in general. So to have like a new version of him is really cool, really cool. And then Angel gets sucked up into the uh, the alien, but he he wraps himself in a tarp because we know after the after the and fake barbed horse, wire. I think the barbed wire is what does it. 
I thought he accidentally got the barbed wire because it pulls up barbed wire with him. No, he you see him taking that barbed wire and rolling it around him. So I'm like, dude, that dude's clever because he's wrapping that barbed wire around himself. Oh, I caught it. I caught it just as like, or I took it just as he wrapped himself in the tarp and the tarp got caught on the barbed wire and oh. it and it rolled as he was going. No, up. it looked to me like it was the barbed wire. Like I think he got accidentally tangled up with it, but then I think he went with it and then just kept wrapping it around okay. himself. Okay. Well, either way, he gets wrapped up in barbed wire and tarp, and we know that the alien can't consume non non organic items because of number one because of the keys and stuff and the money that falls out of people's pockets but also because of the fake horse that they stole from mm-hmm. <laughs> that they stole from Ricky Jupiter we didn't that even talk about that spits out later right it spits out and lands on it lands on OJ's truck yeah in OJ's truck but anyway angel survives because it spits him out what it does is it makes the creature kind of open up Instead of just looking like a flying saucer, it does look like this jellyfish or this anglerfish that you were talking about. Like octopus. Or, like yeah, octopus. There's, there's some so sort many of different like, things that like yeah. moves into. Yeah. Yeah. Like a sea creature of some sort. Yeah. And it is huge. It's huge. Mm-hmm. OJ takes one of the horses and lures the alien away from M while she takes the motorcycle and goes to Jupiter's claim, which is Ricky Jupiter's thing. And she takes the, there's a huge like helium mascot, like a, like a helium balloon mascot, like one of those Macy's Thanksgiving day parade mascots. It is tethered down at Jupiter's claim and she unfurls it, lets it go into the sky and when the alien sees it, it has eyes, it's looking at it, it attacks, and it blows up because of the helium inside of it. So it blows up the shark. In Jaws, it was oxygen. In this, it's helium. But it's something that the animal consumed mm-hmm. that killed it. Not the humans. Something that it consumed that killed it. And while this is all happening, M uses an attraction camera. Like at Jupiter's Claim, there is a well that you can take a picture of yourselves looking down into it that looks like the one of the shows or one of the movies that Ricky was in back when he was younger. And she uses this crank to start the camera so it's kind of the, it's kind of a non-electrical camera but she cranks it a bunch of times and she manages to capture a picture of the alien and she sees OJ didn't get killed when mm-hmm. he was you know luring the creature away but he's sitting there on his horse at the end kind of like what we see the dad sitting on the horse at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. you know yeah. before before he gets before stuff gets dropped on him, we get this great shot of Keith David kind of sitting on a horse, a little backlit, but kind of like this like a hero shot of, you know, of the dad. Now we kind of get that of of OJ. And that's it. That's the end of the movie. They end got the what movie. they wanted. They got the fame, but it cost them a lot of people to do that. So the question then is, is it worth it? Well, for them personally, it cost them their dad, but they, their dad died before they even knew what the hell was going on. 
And then a lot of other people died, but not at their hands. It was actually no. at Ricky's by trying to tame this thing instead of reporting it or saying, hey, there's something eating people out here. So, you know, I mean, they risked their lives, but I don't know. I don't know if the, those two themselves lost a whole lot other than some horses that maybe. No, I mean, they didn't lose a lot. I guess my I, my thought behind that is there's a there's human capital that is to trade for some people being famous. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like OJ and M are going to be famous. Angel might even be famous. But people died to so that that could happen. And when you look at it, you've got like, you can look at it as kind of the haves and haves not, have nots, mm -hmm. right? Like people, there are people in this world, like right now there's like a big controversy over like some famous people taking like really, really short airplane trips on their private jets while we're in like kind of a climate crisis, you know? Mm -hmm. So you can kind of look at it as, you know, you've got these people who have so much and there's all these other people that are kind of being trampled, you know, metaphorically trampled to get to that. Fame okay. comes at a price, I guess, is what I'm... Yeah, fame does come at a price. I mean, I'm and really at. they should have... Whether it was them or Ricky, Ricky knew, I think, before they did how dangerous this thing was, but nobody reported it to anybody. Right. They're both more focused on getting the picture or becoming famous on their own, you know? Gotcha. Capitalizing, especially Ricky. He was really trying to capitalize and put that into his attraction, you know? Oh, yeah. He had, well, he had alien merchandise. And, yeah. His kids had costumes. Oh, we didn't even talk about that part where yeah. <laughs> the OJ character, he is in his barn one night because there's activity going on out there and the horses are all acting up. And he goes out there and there's some aliens in there, which that was before we knew this thing was a creature. <laughs> right. And you're like, oh my God, what is that down yeah. there? And then it pops out and here it is, Ricky's kids yeah. in costume. You know, playing a prank on him. Yeah, it was it was great because it was basically a prank played on the audience as well. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good stuff. It was good stuff. You're right. We didn't talk about that. But in the long run, it kind of feels like a minor part of the film. Oh, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. But it was it was fun. It was a fun part of it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So do you have any other trivia other than the stuff that you've mentioned that we've talked about already? I have one other thing I want to add. They set up a website for Jupiter's Claim. So what? if you go to jupitersclaim.com. Heading there now. You can. It's, it's almost like a tourist site. Like if you're going to go to, you know, Disney World or something like that. But on a much smaller scale. But oh as you're clicking in there, there'll be a part where it gets really dark and some ominous music starts playing over it. <laughs> well, um, I don't have the sound on, but that's amazing. I can see so, it. So if you have a few minutes and you kind of thought this was fun, go to jupitersclaim.com and yeah. just click around on the site. There's even one page that has a little game on it you can play. So <laughs> it was kind of a fun little add-on to the movie, I think. It's got the uh, it's got the balloon of Ricky's character, Kid Sheriff, on it as well, the one that kills the alien. It's on mm -hmm. here. That's awesome. It's like their mascot. That's what it's doing there. So yep. that's great. That's hysterical. That's really funny, honey. I'm glad <laughs> you found that. I'm glad you found that. Good stuff. All right, so I guess then what we have left is 
whether we keep, rent, or erase this one. But I also want to do one other thing. Okay. At this point, we've got three Jordan Peele-directed films, and I want to talk about which ones are our favorites and which one, what we would rank them, how we would rank the, the, the Jordan Peele oeuvre, as you call it. Okay. So first of all, keep, rent, or erase with this one, and then let's rank them. All right. First, I'm going to keep. Okay. This is easy. I thought there was was another good movie, entertaining through the whole thing. I did not take any notes. I was too engaged in watching this. Now, I'm not a great <laughs> note taker in a movie theater anyways. Right. Usually when I'm watching movie for the first time, I have a harder time taking notes because I'm just watching the movie. Yeah. But I didn't take any notes this time. And then by the time we were done, I'm like, oh, crap, I didn't write anything down. <laughs> but... I like the story. It it started one way and it kind of went another way, but not so far off that it didn't make sense. As far as it being an alien creature versus an alien ship, the way that they captured this picture at the end I thought was interesting. I liked the characters. I will watch this again probably more than once. So I, this is a keep for me. Awesome. Awesome. I think to no one's surprise, this is also a keep for me. I said before we started talking in depth about this, but Jordan Peele is an ass-in-the-seat director for me, and this is no exception. This movie, it has layers that we can continue to unfurl. Like I said, there's that TMZ guy on multiple viewings we're going to figure out what that means, or at least we're going to we're gonna get our interpretation nailed down as to what it means, you know? And I, again, I want to hear what Peel has to say about it. I want to watch interviews. I want to listen to a commentary if he does a commentary for it. There's no way I wasn't going to keep this movie after watching it. So definitely a keeper. So now that we've got that out of the way, tell me what you would rank this and the other Jordan Peele films, how you would rank them, I suppose I should like say. Like one, two, three? One, two, three, top to bottom. Favorite to least favorite. Okay, I, I have a little issue because it's been a while since I've seen Get Out, so it's not fresh in my mind. So I almost, well, I, I feel like I'm, I, I almost can't hardly do this because I'm not uh, up on it very well, but just <laughs> kind of gut reaction, I think I would go us, nope, and get out. Okay. See, and mine is going to be the exact opposite there. I would say it would be Get Out, number one for me. Us would be dead last, and Nope would be in the middle. Now, Us being dead last, now imagine if you will, there's a scale of movies, and there would be, say, like a top 25 in that scale. That would say, that would put this, these three movies in that top 25 for me. So us being dead last doesn't mean that it's a bad movie. It means that it is my least favorite of mm-hmm. the three. And I mean yeah. that in the most literal sense. Like these are all three favorite films of mine at this point. But the order would be yeah. Get Out, Nope, yep, and Us. So, yeah. Excellent. I'm looking forward to watching this again. I cannot wait to see this movie again. I before before we went into this, I rewatched Get Out. I rewatched part of Us. I didn't make it all the way through because I didn't have time. It wasn't that I didn't want to. I will go back and finish watching it. But yeah, I wanted to watch. I wanted to watch some Jordan Peele going into. I was. I, I wanted to run up to Jordan Peele. Sure, so. sure, makes sense. Yeah. 
So what's next? What are we doing next? All right. Next week, we are going to do another anniversary show. It is the 25th anniversary of Starship Troopers. Ooh, Starship Troopers. Oh, man. I've got great stories about going to see this movie for the first time, but I will save that for the podcast. (laughs) I will save that for the podcast. Needless to say, there is booze, a baby, and a subway involved. (laughs) Okay. We'll get you there. You'll love it. So there we go. Starship Troopers right here on the couch next week. We'll see you here, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to A View from the Couch. We value your feedback. Please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your preferred podcast listening app. You can reach us on Facebook by searching at A View from the Couch, on Twitter at View underscore Couch, or by emailing us at aviewfromthecouch at yahoo.com. Thanks again for listening. Bye. See ya.